Good morning, everyone. Good morning to those who are joining us online and welcome. I am so excited about this new star series, Winning the War in Your Mind, and actually the pastoral staff will all have a part in it. And I, I am so excited. I, you know what? I just, I just want to get right into it. And I'm just going to be right up front with you. Can I be straight up with you? Here it is. Straight up. There are times when I struggle between trust and control. There are times when I so often want to fully trust God. But in my mind, I wrestle with relinquishing control. Do you know what I mean? That, that power to control all things. And just relinquishing it to complete trust. Maybe some of you can identify with this. So often, most of the time, you have this spiritual confidence. And you know that God is with you, he's for you, and he's called you. You just have that spiritual confidence. But out of nowhere, bam! All of you sudden, you're struggling with a sense of insecurity or feelings of inadequacy or doubt. Back in the early 80s, when Pat Benatar was singing, Love is a Battlefield, I realized that the mind is a battlefield. And most of life's battles are won and lost in your mind. The other thing I discovered is God's word is powerful. And it not only helps you, but it renews and transforms your mind with truth. And I am so thankful that the Word of God is living and active and transforms minds and renews minds and takes the lies out and replaces it with truth. Now, I just want to map out where we're going over the next few weeks. Today, we're going to talk about the battle of the mind. Next week, take back or take your mind back. The first week in March, we'll be talking about defeat your negative thoughts. Defeat your negative thoughts. And then for the rest of the year, we're going to be talking about calm my anxious mind. Did you get that for the rest of the year? Because it takes a whole year to talk about calming our anxious minds. No, just not really. But this is where we're going today. I'm always amazed 
with the life of Paul. Now just think about this for a moment. Before Paul's miraculous conversion, remember what Paul was doing? He was persecuting the church. He was putting Christians in prison and having them killed. Then on the road to Damascus, he has this miraculous conversion where he gives his life to Jesus Christ. And you read through his life the battles that he fought in his mind. Where people would bring up to him, ah, you're just a phony, you're a fake, you used to kill us and now you're for us. And how Satan would would use those thoughts of his past to try to affect his future. And I want to take a look at three scriptures that Paul uses of how he deals with this battle that wages in his mind where he has to replace the lies with truth. And because God's word is so powerful, would you just stand if you're able to honor it this morning? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and prepare yourself, you may be standing for a little while. If we could just have the piano, Jeff, for a minute. Listen to what Paul says concerning this battle in his mind. Remember in his earlier days in Romans chapter 7, Paul says that the things I I want to do, I don't do. How many can identify with that? The things I want to do, I, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. Well, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. Oh, what a wretched man I am. And early in his life, you You see this battle that's forming in his mind. Listen to how he deals with this battle. By the meekness and the gentleness of Christ. That's Paul's way of saying, listen, I really want to let you have it. I want to really give it to you straight. I want to come in guns a-blazing. But by the meekness and the grace, gentleness of Christ, I, I appeal to you. I, Paul who am, quote, unquote, timid when face-to-face with you, but, quote, unquote, bold when I'm away. What most scholars believe is Timothy, Titus, gave a report to Paul of what some of the people in Corinth were saying. Ah, that Paul, when he's with us, he's such a sissy, but on social media, he's a bully. And they were gossiping about Paul, talking behind his back. Ah, he's such a pansy with us, and he's such a bully when he's not here. Ah, and some were even questioning his authority as an apostle. And Paul goes on to say, I beg you that when I come, I may not 
have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people. You think I'm timid? And you think I'm bold? Well, if you don't stop this gossiping and you don't stop this slander and you don't stop this talking about me, I'll show you who's bold. That's what he's saying. Who think that we live by the standards of the world? Who who think we're two-faced? Who think we're hypocrites? Do, Do you see what they're saying about Paul? He says, for though we live in the world, Paul says, I I don't wage war as the world does. Hey, I'm not going to get into he says, she says. I'm not going to get into a word of war, a war of words with you. I'm not going to talk behind your back like you're talking behind my back. I'm not going to be Nice face to face, and then when I leave, you, you stab a, a knife in my back. Paul says, I, that's the way the world wages war, but, but we don't wage world, war that way. And Paul says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. I believe Paul here is talking about the power of prayer. On the contrary, the weapons we fight with have divine power to demolish strongholds. So you better watch out what you're saying because there's a divine power that I wage war with. And that word power is dunamis in the Greek. It's an explosive a miraculous, a divine power. It's where we derive our word dynamite from. Strongholds. Now there's a word we don't normally use in our everyday language, but we sang it today, able to break the strongholds. You know what a stronghold is? Anybody know what a stronghold is? A stronghold is literally a fortress, a fort. That the walls around a stronghold have been known to be 20 feet deep. 20 feet deep. And and they were built in the middle of the city. That when they were at war, all the officials, high officials, were, were kept around those 20 feet wall for protection and security. As well as they would keep prisoners of war there. They would keep the prisoners there to protect them from the enemy coming in and setting them free. Strongholds. Our enemy, the devil, tries to make your mind his stronghold and make you prisoner to it. How? One thought at a time. Paul is concerned about what the people are saying and, and, and the enemy, his enemy is, is, is trying to, to make Paul believe the lies. Maybe, maybe I'm not an apostle. Maybe I am that way. Maybe I am two-faced. Maybe I am a hypocrite. And, and Paul's enemy is, is, is trying to, to make Paul captive to those lies. 
How does Satan do it? One thought at a time. And this is what he says. You can't trust people. You'll never be successful. You'll always be broke. You'll always be broken. You'll never have a good marriage. God doesn't hear your prayers. He doesn't care about you. You'll never make a difference. You'll never amount to anything. For goodness sakes, why do you preach? Because no one listens. And one lie at a time, he tries to make your mind his stronghold. And how does Paul deal with the enemy? We demolish arguments and pretensions, allegations of doubtful value that set itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I know that, that Paul's mind is, is, is waging with, with what is being said, but everything that was said about him, he made it captive and he took it to Christ. And Christ says, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie. Displace it with the truth. That's how we do battle in our mind. Would you pray? Father, I pray that the power of your living word would transform and renew our minds with truth today. Father, I pray that you would displace and demolish all the lies that we believe about ourselves that rob us of our joy and our peace and our calling. Demolish them today. And Lord, by your truth, set us free today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor Bonnie. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. That is something you're going to hear throughout this series because it's so true. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What we think shapes what we are. What we think determines how we live. How do I know that? Well, Proverbs 27, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. So how you think determines how you live. That's why, think about this, what makes this next scripture verse of Paul so interesting 
is when he wrote it. It's found in the book of Philippians. Philippians is towards the end of Paul's life. And this is what Paul has learned about the battle of the mind. After all his mission trips, after establishing all those churches, after dealing with all the problems and the lies uh, and the insecurities that people were saying and, and, and the onslaught of the enemy, Paul, at the end of his life, says these words. Finally, brother, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard in me, put them into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. What was Paul saying? Your thoughts shape your lives. And in those three sentences, please take note. He talks about thought. Think about those things. He talks about action. Put him into practice. And then he talks about an experience. And the God of peace will be with you. So as you think, as you act, you will experience. And it all depends upon what you think about. Now, let me go into another, his third passage that once again emphasize what Paul is saying. How you think will shape how you live. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. After Paul has wrestled with all that, that, that oh, what a wretched man I am because the things I don't want to do, I do, and the things I do, I don't want to do. And, and oh, he, he just wrestles with he, Listen to what he, here's his conclusion. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Here's the key. Have your minds set. The Greek word there is Phroneo. It, it means exercise your mind. It means what, what interest you have. If your mind is interested in the sinful nature, you're going to live according to this sinful nature. You're going to live to the old man. You're, you're going to live to those old selfish desires. But if your interest and you exercise your mind towards the Spirit, you will live according to the Spirit. Now, what's so interesting about this, this word, I found it interesting, and let me break it down for you. In the Greek, it's in the present indicative active tense. Now, that may not mean a whole lot to you. But when it says present tense, 
it's not a one-time thing that you do. But it's an ongoing. You just don't set your mind on the Spirit and think you're going to live in the Spirit. You have to keep setting your mind on the Spirit. It's continual action. I wish it was as easy just to set your mind on the Spirit. But you have to. How many know there, there are things that are battling for your mind all the time? That's why you have to continually set your mind on the Spirit. Indicative means that it's a fact. It's a fact. Now, the active tense or the active voice means it's not something that just happens to you. But it's something that you participate with the Spirit with. You have to participate with the Spirit or you participate with your old sinful nature. It just doesn't happen. Continuous action. So as I was just digesting this verse... There's two thoughts that occur to me. Number one, you have a choice. You have a free will. You have a choice what you set your mind on. You can set your mind on your old sinful nature, your old ways, and you'll live according to that selfish sinful nature or you can set your mind on the spirit and you can live you can walk in the way of the spirit you have a choice now have you ever just sat around and and out of nowhere, this evil, wicked thought just shoom, passes in your mind. And you're like, where in the world did that come from? I thought I've set my mind on the spirit, but wow. Well, the old sinful nature will constantly bombard you with evil thoughts. How many know that? I mean, I'll be riding down the road sometime, and I'm like, whoa, where'd that get my goodness? But here's what I want to remind you of. A thought is not sin unless you embrace it. Sometimes people go, Pastor, I, I'm such a sinful man. I, I always have these thoughts. Well, thoughts are not sin only if you act upon them. Martin Luther used to say it this way. I, I love this. You can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from building a nest in your hair. This old sinful nature will bombard you with thoughts like a bird flying over your head. But you can't let that thought make a home in your head. James says it this way. Then after desire has conceived, if you give that thought life, it will give birth to sin. And there's the battle. The battle is we constantly have, because of the old sinful nature, these thoughts bombarding us. 
but you can't let it take up residence. You can't dwell upon it. You can't act upon it. You can't let it build a home, a nest in your mind. It's all the old garbage in, garbage out. And Paul says, we demolish arguments. In the King James, it says, we demolish or, or, or demolish, we, um, not demolish, we destroy imaginations. Any imagination that's not of God. We have the power to destroy, to demolish. Gone. Boom. Pretension. Falsehoods. Anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Anything that is indifferent from his word. We take captive and we say, Lord, that's not of you. In Jesus' name, be gone. Now, can I be honest? Taking captive every thought, whoa, that's tiring. It's very tiring. But you have to. Otherwise, before you know it, you move in a direction where you, like Paul, the things I don't want to do, I do. Now, we also have those who set their minds on the Spirit. Now, how do we set our minds on the Spirit? We have to be in tune to the Spirit. We have to be in tune to that still, small voice. There may be a, a, a time where, where man, I... I, I I just need to say something. And I'm about ready to go up to Tara and, and tell her something. And all of a sudden, I get a check in my spirit. Don't say it. Now, there's a weird moment, isn't it? You, 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 you want to say something, but then the spirit says, don't say it. So you say, oh, I, I really like your coat, Tara. That's really nice. There are moments when the Spirit speaks and we have to be insensitive to what the Spirit says. That's how we live by the, the nature of the Spirit. I'm going to date myself. I go back to rabbit ears. I remember having this little t black and white TV in my bedroom and it wasn't hooked up to the big antenna up on the chimney, but I had these rabbit ears. Two, four, seven, nine, and 11, New York stations. You point the rabbit ears north. Every once in a while, I would watch Ivan Polsky, the wrestler. I would watch pro wrestling when I was a little kid. And yeah, yeah, I remember Ivan Polish power. And, and, and they were on some of the Philly stations. So I would turn on channel 6, and then I have to take my rabbit ears and point them south towards Philly. Remember those days? I ask, where are your rabbit ears pointed today? Are they in direction of the sinful nature? Or are they in direction of the spirit? 
Now, the next thing I thought about this scripture verse is this. Your thoughts, the thoughts you embrace, it drives your behavior. The thoughts you embrace, it drives your behavior. Your mind is a control tower. That's what I've learned through the years. My mind is a control tower. And evil thoughts pass in and out. Godly thoughts pass in and out. And I, 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 I can't control thoughts passing in and out. But this is what else I've also realized. That there are external forces that can feed either good thoughts or bad thoughts. There are external forces that will feed. Come on, you, you may be watching something on TV or Netflix or YouTube, and it's gratifying the sinful nature. Turn it off! Or you may be watching Christian TV, and it's glorifying the spirit nature. Keep it on. You, you may be listening to some music and all of a sudden, man, you, you're just getting all caught up and, and you're ready to rumble. Well, turn it off. And put on the Christian praise music that emphasizes the spirit. A couple of years ago, I developed, uh, I don't even, it's tinny, the ringing in your ears, the tinnitus. Yeah, I always hear the and it's worse when I ride in the car. When I'm in the car by myself, man, that's, that's when, you know, I, the audiologist in ENT told me, you just have to train your brain not to hear it. Now, there's a battle for you. I don't hear it. I don't hear it. So I always have the radio going on. Not that I'm paying attention to it. But the noise helps displace the dee. So I usually have sports radio on. And every once in a while, I'll tune into what they're saying. I'm like, that's disgusting. Whoa. You know, and they can get pretty rank. Before I know it, I'm like, boom, 99.1. So now I can listen to the same song every 10 minutes over and over and over again. Oh, wait, I didn't say that, did I? I'm sorry. I just, there's the battle of the mind, man. I just yield to the flesh. I should. The old mind, man. That's that old battle. But external forces influence the thoughts that pass. How do I know that? E lived in paradise with Adam. They had communion with God. They had everything they needed provided for them. They had rest and refreshment. For goodness sakes, they had the tree of life that would guarantee them to live forever. 
But somewhere along the line, instead of focusing on those blessings, she started to focus and pursue that what she could not have to take from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was the only thing that was forbidden. And for some reason, her thoughts went to that which was forbidden, that which she couldn't have. And instead of trying to displace that thought, she just let that thought build a home in her head where that desire conceived and turned into action. I say that because of this. When you're thinking about things that you can't have, change it immediately. And start thinking and being thankful for the things you have. Because when you start thinking about the things you can't have, you no longer have joy, peace, or content. And you're on dangerous ground. When I set my mind, what I set my mind on is not visible to anyone else. <laughs> it's not. I, I, I don't know what Larry's thinking. I don't know what Jeff is thinking. I don't, I, I don't know. What you set your mind on is not visible to anyone else directly. But eventually, it becomes visible through your actions and the results of those actions. You may fool yourself, but you're not going to fool everyone else after a while. Because what you think does start to come out. Pastor Bonnie, you can come. I need to close this. I was wondering how to close this whole battle of the mind. And, and thoughts of the sinful nature and the thoughts of the spirit. And I've heard this saying a lot. And it may be attributed to T.D. Jakes, but I can't prove it. But whoever came up with this saying, I, I give you all, all the credit for it. But I can't actually find who originated this saying, but it's this. Feed what you want to grow. Starve what that you want to die. I wish it was that simple, but it really is that simple. That which you want to grow. The spirit within you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. The, if you want to be more like Christ, feed it. If you want less of that sinful nature, starve it. Not go in there. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to give you my opinion. It's not worth it. 
Just starving. I just want to pause for a moment, ask you to bow your heads and just ask you to reflect upon what dominates your thought life. What dominates your thought life? Thought life. Have you believed the lies? Has the enemy created a stronghold? And you just keep believing that you'll never amount to anything? My life will never make a difference. I'll always be broken. I'll always be a victim. I'll never have victory. Have you ever wondered why in the armor of God, God gave us a helmet of salvation so that we could protect our minds from the strongholds and the lies of the evil one? If you think your life will never amount to anything, Start filling your mind with I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Do you dwell upon that which is forbidden? That which you can't have? And you wonder, where's my joy? Where's my contentment? Where's my peace? Because the very things you think about dictate your life. Replace it. Thanking God for what you have. And who He is. And what He can do. What is it that dominates your thought life? Thank you, Jesus. You get up in the morning, wake up. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Lord, I just await what you have for me and how you're going to use me. Or do you wake up, oh, it's another day. My back hurts. I must have slept on my neck wrong. Oh, woe is me. What dominates your thought life? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Here's one exercise I have used to help me in those moments of despair 
where I'm wrestling with trust and control. Boy, that's... When I'm wrestling with just complete trust, but yet I still want to control, I always go back to the words God said to Job. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? And where were you when I called this world into existence? And I remember how Job puts his hand over his mouth. God, thank you that in you we have victory. And that we have the power to demolish the strongholds, the falsehoods, the pretensions, the imaginations, the lies. And that we take captive every thought and make it obedient to you. In your name we pray. And all of God's children said, God bless you. Hey, this week, it's okay if you lose your mind because next week we're going to take back our mind. God bless you.